Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness. As some of you out there in podcast land now know, I am evil. Your lovely drag hostess, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation, also known as my bedroom. <laughs> you should feel honored to be counted along with the hundreds of men who've been in my bedroom. <laughs> but that's another story. Well, I hope you enjoyed last week's podcast on New Year's Evil. Since it was my very first one, it was a little bumpy. But since then, I have learned so much. And that should make today's even better. Or at least a little less bumpy. <laughs> I want to thank the listeners that sent me messages. They were all very positive and very helpful. And as I said last week, feel free to send me any thoughts, feelings, ideas, critiques, or whatever. It all helps me make the podcast more successful and fun and Speaking of which, don't forget to rate and review the podcast so more people find us. Anyway, enough of that. I know you're all excited to dive in tonight's movie. So without further ado, tonight's movie is The Final Terror. This is another 1980s horror movie that I'm surprised I had never seen. I guess I just watched the same 30 or so horror movies over and over thinking I'd seen all the bad horror. But this podcast will definitely change that for me and hopefully for some of you. So, quick thought. If you haven't seen this movie, pause the podcast and go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime, and I'm sure it's somewhere else. It's only 82 minutes long. You can then jump back and see if I've missed anything. Crucial. <laughs> so anyway, The Final Terror was filmed in 1981, but then shelved until 1983. They were trying to release it, but they couldn't find a distributor for it. But uh, once Daryl Hannah's star was on the rise because of uh, Blade Runner and Adrian Zemed's star was on the rise because of TJ Hooker, he's so cute, it was finally released. The movie starts off in a beautiful nature scene that looks like it's straight out of a 70s Disney nature movie. Oh, look, it's Bambi. <laughs> Then we see two people on a motorcycle. Clearly it's the late 70s, early 80s because they are not wearing helmets. And they wipe out because there's shit in the road which the woman on the back can see but the guy in the front cannot. <sighs> Whatever. The guy, Jimmy, hurts his leg. So the girl, I didn't catch her name, uh, runs off to get help or whatever. They do this cool editing effect here which I really like where he's sitting there waiting for the girl and he hears some noise in the bushes. And where he looks, she pops out of these bushes and she's running toward the ranger station. So it's a complete misdirect. But it was a really cool scene how they did it. So she's at the ranger station, but there's no one there to help her. So she goes back to Jimmy, who's now gone, mysteriously. And then bam, he's hanging from the tree, dead and bloody and gross. And the girl starts running. And she triggers some sort of homemade slice and dice trap that's made with tin can lids. Oh my God, this part was great. Because if you have ever cut yourself on a tin can lid, you know that shit hurts. And that's just a little cut. And this is like 50 of those things on a log slamming into your body. Oh my God. But the one thing that I thought was odd about this is all the can lids were like in pristine condition. They were like super shiny and new. And all I could think was, where's all the food that was in those cans? Did they just make this this morning? That's a lot of food to go to waste. Then the title sequence starts. 
and it's super dark, a theme that this movie has far too much of. Dark, dark, dark. Then cut to hot Adrian Zamed, shirtless, in his bed, looking at some sort of magazine. I'm going to guess it was some sort of dirty magazine. And then suddenly he's attacked from behind by Egger. Egger? What a name. And Egger is this crazy guy who, I guess, works with them. And he turns on the light to the room, and there's four guys in this one little room, in these little bunk beds, and there's some sort of fire rangers in training or something. But there's all these guys in various stages of undress, and Egger's in there just to wake them up, but he does it in the weirdest fucking way. So basically, the five ranger guys are going to pick up a bunch of girls and go work in the woods and Crazy Egger is going to drive them. Honestly, this Egger guy is trying for a fucking Oscar with his performance. I mean, come on, dude, tone it down a little. So anyway, they pick up the girls from one of the girls' parents' house, and they're all just like, okay, you guys take these girls out into the woods, no problem. What the fuck? Also, Daryl Hannah, what did you say to your hairstylist that day to make them do that to you? <laughs> Fun fact, I believe this uh, film was filmed before she did Blade Runner, but released the year after making it, making it her sixth film. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Thanks, IMDb. Uh, so they're driving through the forest in this rickety-ass bus, and they just pass this mental institute that's out in the forest. Um, foreshadowing, maybe? Maybe. When the group finally get to where they're going and they're unloading, two giant cans of veggies fall out of Egger's bag. Um, okay, is Egger the tin can lid killer? Maybe. Or is it just a red herring? A little later, everyone is chopping and chainsawing and clearing brush, and they all have safety goggles and glasses on the top of their head, but they're not using them to cover their eyes. The fuck? Edgar is doing, Edgar, fuck, is doing more crazy shit. Then they cut to the obligatory scary story by the campfire scene where they tell the story about the boy who broke his crazy mother out of the mental institute, the one just down the road, I'm guessing. And he brought her out into these woods where she still lives today. Ah! And then they scare everybody and it's stupid. Later, three of the guys go off into the woods together. And I thought, ooh, it's going to get good now. Uh, but no, they were just initiating the new guy, Cerrone, with the whole how like a wolf every 45 seconds thing. You're the guy on watch so we can go get the weed in the forest and blah, 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 blah. And while we're on this scene, what the hell is Zorich's, Zorich's accent? I mean, is that his actual voice and accent, or is that just a bad choice? Because it's some sort of southern... I don't fucking know. Anyway, back to the story. The next morning, they all wake up, and Cerrone is still gone. So they go looking for him, and I like this scene in the woods, because this scene is very uh, creepy forest vibe, and they're all walking around yelling his name, and they're just, you know, at any moment, anything could pop out. So I thought that was a pretty good scene. But it gets to the best scene where the main Fire Ranger guys out there looking for 
Cerrone, and he's like, oh, look at that stream. Hmm, I think I'm just going to get naked and jump in here for a while. Who cares that someone's missing? But we do get to see some naked man action, though. Sadly, you can tell that the water is pretty cold. <laughs> oh, and then his girl's watching him this whole time, and she's like, mm, I'm in the mood for some cold, wet forest floor sex instead of looking for Cerrone. And we all know when people in horror movies have sex, they're gonna die. And bam, naked man axed in the back while still in that girl. Ugh. At this point, it is unclear if only he is dead or if the killer also killed the girl. Now, cut to two of the other guys still looking for Cerrone, and they stumble upon a creepy cabin in the woods. So what do they do? Of course, they go in. Ugh. Zorich decides to scare the other guy by putting on a wig that he just found in this cabin and some old nightgown and scare the guy. So that means there's some bald person running around the woods looking for their dry-ass wig. They find other stuff in this cabin, all pointing to Edgar as the one living there and wearing women's clothes and stealing from the ranger station. Zorich also finds some magic mushrooms which he puts in his pocket for later. So it's night again, and it's fucking dark as shit in this movie. Oh my gosh. So now there are three guys and three girls, and Zorich takes control and says, no one do anything alone, then proceeds to walk away alone to stand guard. Oh, these people. So this is a good part in the movie. So all the people are asleep by the street. And some sort of creature, a homeless werewolf-looking something, comes out of the woods to stroke one of the girl's hair. And I can only imagine the creature is thinking, how does she keep her hair so moisturized and damage-free? And then she wakes up and screams and everybody's there. And then Sarone shows back up with a giant bag of weed. And now the group count is now seven again. But Vanessa needs to go to the toilet. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go to the outhouse which is just conveniently located in the forest. What forest have you been to that there's just an outhouse out there that they just happen to be by, by this stream? I don't understand it. But she goes in there and she finds Mike's head and then doesn't need to go to the bathroom anymore. <laughs> the next morning, Zorich, being the survivalist war crazy guy, gets everyone together to raid the cabin at dawn and has the weirdest line. Listen to me. You people want to survive this thing. You got to start looking and thinking like the forest. You tie those beads back, you understand? Blondie, you get that hair under a cap. And Boone, get off that white shirt. So they bust into the house and ooh, the killer is under the house, which they don't find out. And... Look at that. Melanie is still alive with her. Okay, death count is back to three. I like how we don't get to see the killer and how they make it seem like it could be Edgar or a crazy creature. So the campers, or what are they? The rangers take the boat from the cabin and go rafting downstream to where the bus should be. And there's this awesome shot of the raft going by this outcropping of rocks and as they pass, you see that the killer was there in plain sight the whole time, 
cabouflage of some shrubbery or shit. It was a really cool shot. I really liked that shot. Then death count is back to four as Melanie's body is thrown slash dropped onto the raft. The killer has to be fairly strong to throw dead weight or carry her up into a tree to drop her and then just disappear into the woods again. On another side note, why did Vanessa go to a work trip where she knew they would be rafting and then's like, oh, I can't swim. Or how she can't hold her shit together for five minutes to calm down. So they see the bus in the distance on a bridge in the middle of the day and say, let's wait till night. It could be a trap. Well, what trap is easier to see in the dark? Dumbass, stupid logic. So they wait until dark and get on the bus and Edgar isn't there. But you know what is there? Drugs. Yay, the other thing that will always get you killed in a horror movie. So they smoke pot and Zorich starts doing mushrooms, the ones he found in the creepy cabin. And after everyone has like fallen asleep and the, they're on the bus, something or someone is on the roof and they all wake up and then it attacks. So it breaks through the window and it breaks through the front window and they all just start running and they jump out of the back of the bus. And I'm sorry, but there are seven of you and one of them. Why are you running? Yeah, they have a weapon, but you have a bunch of shit on this bus and you could have grabbed that weapon at any time. Whatever. So they all run into the woods in the dark and then Daryl, I mean, sorry, Wendy, gets separated, of course, and then gets her neck slashed by the, like, creature. But she did do drugs, so she probably deserved it. <laughs> so they find her with her neck bleeding, and they have to sew her up and keep running. Cut to the next morning, and it's raining, and I bet these people were chafing like a motherfucker. I mean, in and out of a stream, hiking around in the rain. I mean, talk about swamp ass. Ooh, they need some gold bond powder on their shit. Ooh, I bet it just stung. Anyway, so they're hiking around, and Zorich is giving me some crazy guy vibes. Oh, wait, he's high as fuck on mushrooms, that's right. I'm on killing. Right here. Where's it gonna happen? <laughs> beautiful. It's beautiful. Ain't it? You know something? Throughout all this, I respect him. It's just quiet. Waiting. That's the reason we lost the war. You know that, don't you? Well, the VC knew that. They did. They knew about the force. You took the mushrooms, didn't you? We found some magic mushrooms in the shack. He's thrown out his mind. Hey, help you. And clearly he doesn't like Wendy. Hey, man. It's a war game. Then get your act together. Long hair, bitch. Keep up my ass. So now it's time for the big we're not going to take it anymore fight back scene where they set up some elaborate trap like some MacGyver episode to catch Egger. 
And it kind of works because Edgar jumps out and is choking Sarone again, like at the beginning. But then everyone jumps out of the bushes with leaves all over their asses and starts beating the shit out of Edgar. While high as a kite, Zorich watches from up on this tree, but he should have been watching himself because the killer slices his ankle, causing him to fall to his death. Then the creature starts running towards Edgar and he's like, Mama. And we're like, oh shit. was the mental patient and he was the boy that broke out of her broke her out of the mental institution it was all true oh no but then she triggers a trap and a spiky log thing that swings down and impales her and her dry ass wig and then it's just over i don't know it was pretty anticlimactic but i guess it all made sense and had it been more popular, it could have gotten a sequel with Edgar as the crazy in the woods, but didn't. I don't know. And it really wasn't clear if Edgar was still alive at the end, but I guess they just beat him up. And they didn't actually kill him, but I guess they could have. I don't know. Anyway, so that was The Final Terror from 1983. I don't know about this one. For a slasher in the woods movie, it was okay. There were a couple of good scenes and the kills were pretty good, but I don't know if I would go back to this one often. If I knew what my scale was, it would probably be somewhere in the middle. Uh, speaking of which, I got a few ideas for the rating system, but haven't settled yet. So if you have any ideas, feel free to send them my way. You can message me at Reflections of Darkness on Instagram or Evil Queen SF on Instagram. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. Until next time, this has been Evil. <laughs> <laughs>